0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings.
1: It appears as a step back, and it might be a temporary little piece of time where you make slightly less on your paycheck, but I'm an owner. I own a business, you know, that there's a point where that ownership will pay back tenfold.
0: You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf, I'm your host, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Steph Steele here on the King stage. How are you? I'm
1: great. How are you?
0: You know, it's Thursday. I don't know if I could be any better. The reality, though, as you know, as a business owner, there's all these things going on all at the same time, and we love it, and we're, you know we hate it and we love it all the same moment.
1: <laughs> I don't know, hate, hate
0: seems strong, you know, but we love um, it. We love it. We love it. There's just there's just times where it it's, uh, it's harder to love, you know, but we still love it.
1: Yeah.
0: Hopefully we'll get into some of that with your story here today, but Steph, tell us what kind of business that you have.
1: Yeah, I have a boutique small grocery store um, right in the heart of Austin, Texas called Tiny Grocer that I am just utterly proud of and excited to share and, uh, just love with my whole heart.
0: I, I can, I can literally feel it coming through the screen. Um, for the (laughs) listeners, I hope that you can hear it in your ears. I can see it on the screen here. Um, that I, I think you would, uh, you'd lay your life down for that, for that little tiny, tiny grocery place.
1: (laughs) I feel like I do every day. Absolutely.
0: That's right. That's right. Okay, well so before we jump into your story, um you've got you've got a history of success here and I want to go through that, but before we do that, at this level in the game, you're winning. You're you're more than winning. You're crushing. Why are you still at it? You know, why why not why not throw in the cards and and cash out and and uh, sail away? Why are you still why are you still pushing and grinding?
1: You know, I think I just I have too much energy in me I have too much drive in me to stop like I have uh, I'm not young by any means but I have a lot of good years in me and let's see what I can do in 10 years you know and then maybe that's a time to think about something something different but I've got a lot of time in me
0: yeah I think that there's the um that potential is really what you're you know uh referring to like I'm not uh, why, why stop? I'm not done. Right. Like yeah. we, we stop when we're done. Exactly. How has that always been your mindset? Have you come to that through some conclusions recent? Like, uh, tell us how you got there.
1: Well, I think the truth is, are we ever done? Right.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but for me, uh, you know, this is a plan for the rest of my life. Like this is, I have had success in careers along the way. And I learned a very particular skill set that I actually love and love doing, and I'm doing something very special, I think, in what I'm bringing to the world and how we're bringing it. And so to me, it's, it's uh, what, what, what else would I be doing? This is, this is what makes right. sense for me. You know, this is what I want to do. If I was going to spend my time doing something to build something, this is what I want to build.
0: Yeah, I, I guess, you know, there's a there's an old adage, that they say, find work or do what you love for work, and you'll never work a day in your life or something like that. And, that, I, you know, that's a little cliche and a little bit of, you know, um, sing by the campfire type of a feeling. But that's what I'm that's what I'm hearing you say is that you don't feel like it's a push or a grind, you just feel like you're doing what you're what you're made for.
1: Yeah, and, you know, make no mistake, it's a push, and it's a grind you know, but like, if I'm going to push and grind, it's going to help if I have true love and passion behind what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Than yeah. if it were just a push and a grind for a paycheck.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. What would you say, um, the entrepreneur who's listening right now, you know, they, they maybe once had, uh, some passion like you do, maybe they've lost it. Maybe they've lost sight of it. Maybe they, they like what they're doing, but maybe they don't see it as a life passion or like this thing that I've been made for. What would you say, or have you always found that, or what would you do say to encourage them um, if, if they don't have what you have at this current moment?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I don't know that I have great words of wisdom, but what I'll say about my own journey is that, you know, life is so interesting in hindsight right? Like when you're in it, it's hard to see what's happening and it can be just a grind, That's right. but it it isn't until you get a little further out and have some perspective back that when I look at my life and the different jobs that I took and even the big leaps of faith and what got added in my experience repertoire from doing that, all of that has led to exactly where I am right now. So you know, for me, it really was a, I I switched industries for a while. I I took a little tour into the hospitality industry, both in the hotel world and the restaurant world. And coming out of that, what I learned from that definitely has influenced me in how I'm going about what I'm currently doing. But it was also in doing those that I looked back at my World of experience in one particular industry, and said, "Why would I not use all of these skills that I've garnered?" I think. I think a couple things I think about sometimes is, you know, I spent 24 years in the grocery business before I took those leaps out of it, and I went back to school later in life. And I remember being in a class and a younger person saying to me, "That's just not respected anymore." The 24 years in in a single industry. And I just would challenge that that's not right thinking that, that, that 24 years of experience really made me an expert in my field and is probably why I am able to go forth and do this, not just from the skill set knowledge, but also people's trust in me and just what this looks like from a business standpoint.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, I I guess the underlying uh, truth that you're, that you're Stating is that you spend enough time on one thing, twenty-four years or whatever the length of time is that developing that skill, you do reach mastery, right? Or that that level of expert. And and to your point, why would you throw that away? But as an entrepreneur, it's our job to utilize skill sets, whether they're right. skill sets that we've earned or learned or gained, or people on our team and their skill sets. And and it's a puzzle. It's a it's a it's a it's a mixing game of bringing skill sets together, that's what's needed to build a team and build a business and serve clients. And this experience that you're so excited about at this tiny grocery store in the middle of Austin, like, that's all it is, is it's taking all these skill sets and putting it putting them together so that the market loves it. Right? Would you add anything to that?
1: You know, the only thing I would add is that um, I heard somewhere along the way that if you like what someone's doing, like if you want to be in a particular profession, or if you just like a skill set that someone else has, is go work for them, learn from them, and I feel like the two forays into the one into the hotel business and the one into the restaurant business, I learned massive, incredible lessons from those two people that 100%. have have really benefited and served me. You know, so put yourself near someone that you really admire and pick up everything you can.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right because it doesn't always have to be in a paid mentor mentee scenario. It could be you going to work for that person I've even I've even uh done it myself when I was younger but heard of other scenarios at a higher level of like I'll just work for you for free um so that I can gain that uh, that potential uh, knowledge or experience skill set uh, for me I, I didn't go uh, for a short time I worked for a pretty big name Grant Cardone I didn't go there with the intention of let me let me pick up some additional things here to learn so I can go back and Put in my business. I went there for an actual uh, business opportunity, um, but the things that I learned, that I liked and that I didn't like, really have stuck with me the last several years. Of like, okay, here's here are some building blocks of uh, of why I want to do or why I don't want to do certain things.
1: One hundred percent, and I'm the same way. Like mine were for jobs, like they were job jobs. But I will say that there was um, absolute admiration for the two companies that I worked for and what they had built. And, you know, I I had worked for a pretty large company my whole life. And so going from like a fortune 500 company to a, I needed some lessons in how do smaller businesses operate, you know, like what are the pieces I'm taking for granted here? You know, very, very different. And, and yeah, you know, I cut my teeth with some other folks and I really, I appreciate that experience. Yeah. And you're right. I learned good and bad along the way. I learned things I definitely wanted to uh, pick up and things I definitely did not want to pick up along the way, but what what an incredible life experience.
0: Yeah. yeah. You just said something that I want to, I want to just ask you a follow-up question too, before we move on. You said that there in corporate America, there was maybe some, some covering, right? Some, some extra cush um, that, that maybe we don't have in small business. And so I'm curious to know what those things that are really, that you learned, like what, when you got into the small business, what'd you learn that you were taking for granted that maybe the, the listener right now goes, yeah, I deal with that. And then how have you, you know, how has that worked for you?
1: Yeah. I, I just think in, in larger business, there's so many departments. There's so many, like we had global offices and regional offices and there's people doing things. There's a lot of levers being pulled for you. I mean, I would say accounting is one, right? Where like, yeah. you know, all of these numbers are funneling through these people who are putting them together into a sheet that you are taught to read in a very specific way. And so, yep. you know, now you're you're literally working with accountants to create the sheet that you wanna see it that way. And it, right. it just, it takes a lot of, uh, yeah, cush. I mean, there's a lot, marketing is one where there's marketing teams and, you know, basically every aspect of that is on the small business owner. So, yeah. So for me, like a glimpse into the smaller companies was like, what key positions do they have? And they weren't, they weren't even small companies. I would call them medium companies. One's probably even a large company at this point. But, you know, it was like, um, you know, I dream of one day having a director of operations, right? That <laughs> yeah. would be incredible to just have this other person kind of with me um, up at the top, really functioning at a high level with, uh, yeah. as we grow. Um, you know, I, I think a trigger, I a you know, a switch I'm going to pull myself. I don't know if I've mentioned we're opening a second store.
0: Okay. No, that's awesome. That's exciting.
1: Yeah. Very exciting. And so as I'm thinking about that one, it is hiring a, it's almost like, I almost want to lump all these jobs together, but it would be kind of a marketing and catering person, like not necessarily catering, like they're cooking, but that they're going out and actively seeking catering gigs Mm -hmm. for us. But marketing, creating events and demos and all of those things that just drive traffic and drive business, I yeah. think that that is money well spent. So that's probably one of the first key positions. But as I look at these other businesses, as you get to a certain level, you might need an HR person. Like I'm right. I'm a ways away from that. Uh, you know, but what are those key positions that you need to have in place? And so yeah, those are kind of my initial thoughts about what I'm thinking about them.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's great for the listener to hear because a lot of times we... We just start a business, and and we're doing the thing. In your in your case, I'm I'm selling, uh, grocery items or 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 catering or whatever that 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 uh, that option is that they're purchasing from you could be um, uh, someone in the trades, it could be someone in marketing, uh, whatever whatever it is that they're that they're offering. And we just get started, we're doing the thing, and uh, we start to grow a little bit. Maybe we're doing two, three, five, six, eight hundred thousand, and it starts to get a little chaotic. We're wearing a lot of hats. And we start hiring a little bit, but we're hiring just kind of like, hey, you take this little thing, you take this little thing, you take this little thing. And what you're talking about is really the next level as you start to transition into what we call kingship. We're really starting to build an actual team. It's not just people on your team, but there's key roles that you can actually develop through leadership, through specific hiring. Here's how I want you to lead. This is why we're hiring this role. Like It's a little bit more strategic at that level, higher level thinking, which is really exciting for you
1: yeah very exciting that I even get the t- to think about this at all is very exciting
0: absolutely yeah. love it okay well, let's get into your story a little bit. I know you kind of gave us a little bit, but how have you become an entrepreneur? How did it all start?
1: yeah I mean, well it's real recent um you know i i I grew up in the bay area um i in 1995, I was a shift manager of a coffee shop okay. and um a friend of mine said there's a new grocery store coming to town and I think you should check it out. They're hiring. And it was called whole foods and nobody knew what it was. Yeah. And so I ended up applying and getting a job in the deli, making sandwiches for six bucks an hour. And pretty quickly they made me a supervisor and, you know, I think I've always been someone who, um, you know, I needed to make money, I needed to pay my rent as a young person. And I was not afraid of taking on some responsibility to make more money. So
0: right, right.
1: What was nice about Whole Foods was one, even though I think there was 47 stores or 50 stores when I started, um, you know, we grew it like crazy, like there was 500 when I left. So Mm -hmm. It was this, I saw it evolve. It kind of always felt like a startup, even though it was a big company. We were always just making stuff up and seeing if it worked. It was yeah. really fun. It was really creative. Um, so yeah, I kind of just kept going. I basically had every job you can imagine. I switched to the grocery team because I didn't want to wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <Our> little quirks. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. And, you know, I That's got awesome. to drive a forklift and do all that You know, it felt like you were working out at five in the morning, loading these shelves, and um, yeah, just something about it. Even though the hours were hard and the work was hard, it just resonated with me. I liked it. I liked the crew. It's you know, usually why people stay at a job is the people, Um, and the people were good. And yeah, I just made my way until finally I was running departments, and then going into what they call store leadership, where I was running stores. I I basically. became, they call it a store team leader, but a general manager of a store in California, and then got this incredible opportunity that really pulled me forward, I would say career-wise to move to Austin in 2008 and run the flagship store of the company. And this is here in Austin, it's at Sixth and Lamar, it's about 80,000 square feet of groceries. And, you know, we did about, I don't know if I'm supposed to say what, you know, but we did a like two million dollars a week, it was insane. And when you think about groceries, food. like cans of tuna, heads of lettuce, you know, this is not big ticket items. So it's just volume. And I feel like a lot of movement. Yeah, groceries a volume game. So, so yeah, I did. I ran stores for about a decade, and uh, yeah i I would say that uh, something started to happen for me where I started to kind of get I'd say bored. In my job, yeah. I've been doing it for a decade, and um, there was several, there was a couple different positions that came up that we thought I would take um, that didn't end up panning out. That were real exciting to me. Yeah, so I realized that me being bored was not Whole Foods' responsibility. Me being bored was my own responsibility. Love right? that. I, I I heard somebody say that uh, if you're bored, you're probably boring. You know, oh. like you're not you're not Ugh. doing enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I decided to. I mean, this is one of the great things about a big company is I was able to take a sabbatical. Yeah. And so I took a sabbatical and I went back to school and I started uh, getting a degree in organizational leadership and communication because I felt like it really went along with what I was taught already. Yeah. And um, as the sabbatical came to an end, I went back to Whole Foods and continued to work while I did school and. I still just kind of wasn't feeling it. And I just kind of took one of the biggest leaps of my entire life after a 24 year career and a real steady, nice big paycheck, I yeah. left, you know? Yeah. And I I finished up school. And as I was just finishing and graduating, I was actually offered a job as the director of operations for a hotel group here in town. And that was absolutely incredible to learn an entirely new industry yeah. at a high level. And then really I did that for about uh, a year and a half, almost two years and something again, just kind of wasn't resonating with me. There was some transition in that company and I felt like it was a good time to jump off again. And I started pursuing this idea of the small grocery at that time. And I really worked on this idea for two and a half, three years before it ever came to fruition. Like I, I knew the name, I bought the website. I was actively planning the business. Yeah. Just kind of these early moments. And, uh, I wanted this one location, which is where the store is now, but, um, I started walking down this path. I was actually talking to someone about possibly being a business partner in this and, yeah. and, and the whole thing just got held up. Like it, it was nobody's fault. It was a landlord couldn't write a lease for a certain period of time that just needed to resolve And the gentleman I was talking to about possibly partnering has a very successful restaurant group in town. And he said to me, uh, they were buying a bakery here in town called Swedish Hill. And he said, I'm buying Swedish Hill right now. Why don't we do that? And so that was this other gift that really was given to me at, at a time when I needed something where I got to work for this other group. And it was it was everything I needed to do for myself, right. for someone else before I had to do it. So it was, it was everything about the purchase of a business, the permits, the remodel, the all of these things, and being in all of these meetings and hiring yeah. the team, training the team, launching the cafe as the cafe got back and going and that service model of a restaurant. You know, oh. uh, all of that again, great. And I did that also for about. year and a half almost two years a year after it opened to the public yeah and then and then really it was like I I have to get back to the idea the idea was the small grocery like this is great yeah and I could keep doing this or I could really go back to that idea and so I don't want to be too long-winded about this but I left in February of 2020 and we all know that March of 2020 COVID hit (laughs) (laughs) So I found myself unemployed of my own doing um, and kind of freaking out. Um, But again, out of nowhere, a friend who had some investors that were buying a small grocery store in Fort Worth Uh reached out and said, you know, would you do some consulting work on this new store that we're doing? So I got to continue to do work I needed to do for myself. Well, yeah getting a paycheck through COVID and, you know, work on some flow of the store and where signage would be and putting together, uh, you know, what items I thought would do well, there. putting together sourcing items is very time consuming. So yeah. And then sure enough, about October of 2020, I reached back out and that landlord could write a lease and that woman was ready to sell. And,
0: and here we are. And here we are. I, I just think it's so incredible, not only just your story, you know, um, how you just continue to press in one thing after the next. I think that that will relate to anybody listening. But what I want to highlight, um one thing that I've experienced myself in this journey to kingship, if you will, is that any any one of us, we can look back at our history and we realize what we're doing now is a culmination of all these things that we had done before. And in the moment when we were doing, the hotel, and when we when we left our cush paying job at Whole Foods, and all these things that you can look back on and go, what was I doing? Why did I do that? And and in the moment, you're just like you're kind of just in the moment toiling, doing the thing, and uh, but now you can look back and you can go, ah, I get it now.
1: Absolutely. I also think I learned a lesson pretty early on with Whole Foods, actually, that has served me, which is not being afraid to take a step back, to take a step forward. Yeah, You know, like, I'll just, uh, to kind of try to make this, when I worked for Whole Foods, it was like, I was a buyer. You know, so I'm like a 20 something kid, but I'm picking all the products for the store because that wasn't regionalized or globalized yet. These are some of the skills I'm so grateful for because these got taken out of people's hands as it got bigger and bigger. But it was my favorite job I ever had, but I was salary as a buyer. And then I became an assistant manager of that department. And just as I became an assistant manager, they determined that the buyer couldn't be salary. It needed to be hourly. And so now I'm salary as an assistant manager, and then I become a manager. And then they determined that the assistant manager can't be salary, it needs to be hourly. And it's like, you know, I remember going from being a department manager into the store leadership. And in each of these, I actually feel like I didn't, I made less sometimes to right. take a step up, but that I knew the step up was worth it. And I feel like that has really served me When I left Whole Foods, I made it, I made a good amount of money. The hotel gig was, you know, a third less. The restaurant gig was 10 to 20% less than that. You know, I pay myself whatever percentage less than that right now, but (laughs) there's a bigger picture of, of what this can be. And, you know, I think not, not being afraid monetarily. Yeah is a big deal. Like to say, I can, it's like living in a yurt while your house is being remodeled, you know, like I can, I can live in a yurt for two years to have the house of my dreams, you know?
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I was talking with, um, one of the guys, uh, in the gathering, the Kings mastermind group, just right before this podcast, we're talking about him. Um, he's trying to position, um, a piece of property. It's some acreage and there's a house on it and he's going to use it for his business and equipment and all this stuff. And, he was talking with his wife about how um, they're really excited about this. And she was kind of like, Hey, so can we do this? You know, like do we have the resources for this? And he's like, yeah, yeah. You know, things are going to get a little tight, but like, we're going to do it. I'm making it happen. And it's those moments similar to what you're describing where it's like, it's okay. Things are going to be a little tight or that I have to pay myself less or that I have to take a step back because in the moment it appears as a step back, but it's a strategic move for the bigger picture that you said that's at play and so if you realize that you're building a business that maybe one day you can sell or that you have other people, you know, buy into or or whatever that you pass on to your family like whatever the end exit looks like that's why you make the strategic step back so that you can take another 10 forward down the road or at a more applicable time. Does that make sense or am I saying it, it right? It
1: makes it makes total sense and you're right. I think it appears as a step back and it might be a temporary little piece of time where you make slightly less on your paycheck. But I'm an owner. I own a business, you know, that there's a point where that ownership will pay back tenfold, what I'm not paying myself right now. And then, honestly, you know, talking about the fact that we're opening a second store, I'll pull a second salary. And I'm actually getting much closer to where I was, even just with number two. But I really think there could be five of these. You know, I think that who knows what happens in 10 years, maybe there's 10 of them, you yeah. know, and then when you're talking about selling a business at that level, that's even, that's even different, you know, yeah. so this is my retirement plan. This is how I intend to enjoy the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, I love how you how you tied those two things together, my retirement plan, but how I intend to enjoy the rest of my life. It's not only just in the building of it, but it's also in the exiting, whatever that exit looks like, um, and and being able to enjoy the entire process one thing we, we've talked a lot about some strategic moves that you've made that have been good. What I would classify as maybe our good decision topic, but what's something along the way where you just go, ah, oh, that did not work out. That is not a good choice. Give us, give us one of those sticky situations.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that don't work out along the way in a long right. career for sure, but I'll use a more recent one in tiny grocer is, I think you've probably heard, in the news and everywhere else that staffing is really staffing has probably been the most challenging thing about this business, um, is just really, you know, we want to make sure that we're competitive. We have added benefits, um, that I just wanted to make sure the business was successful before I could do that. I wanted to launch with benefits, but I just needed to know it was going to make it so that we've added that, but you know there was an employee that I just really adored and that really adored the space and the place and was constantly saying like thank you for creating this and this is amazing and then really you know just wasn't kind of making it financially and we came up with some areas of responsibility they could take on for a bit of a raise and and they ended up leaving because so we are we pay hourly plus tips Um, we are a coffee shop and a sandwich. Uh, we have a deli. Um, so people tend to want to tip in, in those areas and it, and it works out really well. What we realized is that the amount of money that they were offered by somebody else is about what they make with their tips. And so I decided to put up a poster saying we're hiring. And I said, we guarantee this much per hour. Plus benefits, and it was it was just a bad decision twofold.
0: <laughs> Please, we're, was, we're all on the edge of our chair listening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One was that um, that when you got into slower months, it went a little below that, Uh-oh. right? And right, and so now because it's a tip based thing, it's going to fluctuate with the with the with the needs of the business with the sales. Yep. And we're all in this together. And so, I, I mean, it really only affected one. We only hired one person during that time. That sign came down within a day, partially because the customers coming in were like, you make that much an hour, then I shouldn't be tipping you, you right. know, kind of thing. So one was this perception of that they wow. make some grandiose amount of money and we didn't want it to affect their tips. But two is I will never never use the word guaranteed ever again. Like this is, you know, and it it was hard to walk it back. Really, I find that in those situations, just utter honesty is the best thing to do is the one person that we did hire that this affected is just really having a conversation about, I made a mistake here. I used a word I will never use again. Um, It really only affects you but i I also need to be able to learn from my mistakes. I need to be able to walk this back and say, "You know,
0: here's that, why I did it, and here's what we really need to set it at.
1: <laughs> well, and then it needs to be an average because if you yeah. average it over the year, you are making that, but anyways, yeah. it was yeah. it was just a real it's a lesson in language, and I would say, you know i'm I'm very concerned about the happiness of the people that work there. Like that's yeah. part of the joy of owning a business is employing other people and creating a, a fun, safe space where people enjoy coming to make their living, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. I love what you, um, the last little part there, it, it's assuming that they have to make a living somehow. Right. And we do, we all do. Yeah. And so why not be a um, um, person that cr- is creating that space where it can be enjoyable. Obviously there's, there's, you know, mistakes, signs, guarantees uh, that we've all thrown out to get creative and see what happens. As you said, back in your career, we just get creative sometimes and we see what works. Um, but you got some applications, I bet.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were able to hire somebody. Absolutely. It was, it was enticing. And uh You know, it's funny, I I don't even know that I would sway away that much from what we had said, I might say we average this amount for, you know, just change the language, but guarantee, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, and the reality of it is is that that speaks to your character, because there's a lot of people out there who will use the word guarantee and think not twice about not actually fulfilling it, whether it's to their client or to their to their team. Um, But it's just that you're a person of character, you're a person of integrity. Um, And it matters. It matters to me. I would I would I would feel the same way that you do uh, about that. So, okay, I want to transition just a little bit here um, to the speed round. First question in the speed round is about tracking. Lots of things to track inside of a tiny grocery store with cafe and deli and all the things that you guys are doing. If you could only pick one thing to track, though, in the entire business, what would it be? Okay, so it's
1: two things. They're connected.
0: Okay, fair enough. (laughs)
1: Uh, The number of people that come in a day and the average basket size.
0: Love it. What does that yeah. tell you? If you know those two things off the off the cuff, what how do, how does that help you navigate the business?
1: Well, um, you know, it it allows me to know whether we're up and down in in how many people are coming in. We're still a brick and mortar type store, so it's it's yeah. information you need to know. You you can see in the slower months, less people came in. Average basket size is how well you're doing at selling. So, are they coming in for? a $3 beverage, or are they coming in and doing some shopping? Are we getting $50, 100 $150 rings that yeah. even out that basket size to a bigger, a bigger basket?
0: Yeah, love that. What book would you recommend, Steph, for a six-figure business owner trying to grow their business?
1: I was thinking, you know, I I, I don't read a lot of books about growing it makes me want to read more books about growing their business. The book I'm reading right now is called The Secret Life of Groceries.
0: Okay. <laughs> pretty <laughs> pretty I'm niche. A,
1: yeah, because I'm a nerd, right? Like I'm a grocery nerd and uh I love it's it. it's fascinating. It it's really all of the different points along the road and and uh you know it's I don't think people really get the nuance of what's happening from the farmer to the truck driver to the grocery store and how many pinch points there are to try to shave costs. I feel like grocery in general is a race to the bottom. Yeah. Like who can be the lowest price, lowest price, lowest price. And there's costs to that. Like my store is not the lowest price. Like I'm, I'm very committed to quality. Yeah, I'm very committed to, it might cost a dollar more. Like when you're in the grocery world, it's not a massive amount of money that it costs more, but the quality can be so much better. Yeah. And I yeah. think how easily we'll all drop $40, $50 on a t-shirt. You know what I mean? But we won't spend $7.99 versus $5.99 for a better jam. You know, right. it's right. It's interesting to me. So I believe in that $799 jam. Like it is local, it's got the best ingredients. Right. It's it's absolutely heads heads and shoulders above what's out there. That's that bargain basement price.
0: Yeah, exactly. I love that. What do you think about intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, I think it's brilliant. In fact, I just reached out to a woman I really admire who has a home delivery food service that's done really well here in Austin. We've had coffee a couple of times and I'm actually due to write her again to say, there's got to be some way that our businesses can benefit each other. There's another restaurateur in town woman who's opened a um, an ice cream shop here locally that, you know, we've met, whether it's like, you know, can I sell your gluten-free pastries that are the best I've ever tasted Yeah. to, um, to even inviting her to have a conversation with the developer where my new store is going to see if that's a good fit. Yeah. I just think, uh, I like this about Austin, too. I'm just going to say, make a plug for Austin. There is an entrepreneurial spirit here that I really appreciate where it doesn't feel so so competitive, like, sure. like such a scarcity. Yeah, it's like if I can help you and you can help me, it benefits everybody is really yeah. this mindset I feel over and over again here. So yeah, reach out. If you even have an inkling that you guys can help each other sit down and have coffee, it might not even come to you for a year or two. what that actually is but there might be something there
0: yeah i I want to give two scenarios there because and i don't do this often but i think it's just so applicable for this moment Um, one of my edible arrangements franchises years ago right next door we had nothing but cakes move in, and the owner kind of you know come over real real easy tail between his legs like hi i'm the owner of your competitor right next door like please don't hate me and my response to him was look man we're going to bring more of the same person to the parking lot. Maybe they want cake. Maybe they want fruit dipped in chocolate. Someone maybe comes to the parking lot thinking they want me and then they end up with you or vice versa. In my opinion, we're bringing more of the same person to the parking lot. So thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. And he was just like, mind blown, you know? Yeah. Because you're right. Like, how can we serve each other? We're, we're. I'm not selling cake. Well, we do now, but yeah, the reality is, is like, (laughs) hey, look, like at the end of the day, there's got to be a way for us to service each other inside of our mastermind group. There's guys across the country in completely different industries that are like, hey, I had this idea, ding, 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 ding. And the other guy in the tech space is like, hey, all you need is a blah, blah, blah tech piece that he's familiar with. And he's like, we should do this together. It's like, yes, this is the reality of when you put minds together, same business or not, doesn't matter. We can go for it and we can we can just level up time and time again. Uh, I don't have to reach into grocery. You've got 24 years plus. I don't, you can be the grocery nerd. If I got questions on grocery, guess who I'm calling. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's how yeah. we can work together. Um, all right. Absolutely. So last question here for you, Steph. Okay. If you could whisper in the younger Steph's ear, what would you tell her?
1: It only gets better. Love that. Like, just keep going. You know, give it your all. Um, I think anything worth doing is worth doing well.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, You've been nothing short of inspirational um, and tactical. I love how it's both um, with you. And so uh, thank you for the time that you've given to us. How can the listener reach out? How they can connect? Maybe they're in Austin. Maybe they need to come check out uh this coffee deli tiny grocery quality jam that you've got where where can they find you
1: yeah we're on south congress we're right in the heart of the capital of texas in the walking district i feel like whenever anyone comes to town they walk up and down south congress so we're right there we're right by a lot of hotels you can come get supplies for your room um Yeah. Come see us. We have a beautiful website. You could definitely reach out through email on there. Um, I respond to everything. And then the very fun thing about the store that's coming up that will be in Hyde park here in Austin, which is a great neighborhood and it will actually expand our food offering. So the little deli in the first one will actually become a restaurant. There'll be indoor seating and patio seating. We're adding a dinner service and brunch on the weekends and so it it will really be small grocery meets cafe lifestyle and uh, I'm real excited about it so come check it out
0: very cool give us the website we'll put it in the show notes as well but say it here on the recording
1: tinygrocer.com
0: easy enough well you have been incredible I'm so excited for your second location Um, I have I have a a good friend in Austin in fact I'm gonna as soon as we uh, get done here I'm gonna text him to come down and check you out um, and when I'm there seeing him next, I'm going to be checking out the, uh, the brunch option. I'm a brunch guy. I like, I like some, I uh, like some hash browns.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let me know when you're coming. We'll make sure it's great.
0: Sounds great. You've been incredible again, blessings on your business, your family, and, uh, the remodeling that you got going on there in the background.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to GatheringTheKings.com. That's GatheringTheKings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group.